0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to PBN Style, your podcast for clarity, consistency, and authenticity in the way you develop your brand. Today, I have with me Miss Lanise Lavelle. I'm so excited to talk with her because in my own business, I am working on some content creation, and though I am a fairly good writer, I would have to say, patting myself on the back. It's always good to hear from other professionals and how they would recommend we create our content, whether it's for our blog posts, whether it's for our social media, or even writing a script or a course. I know all of this because I do all of this. So I'm excited to talk to Miss Laniece. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Are you spinning your wheels with social media, Facebook ads, and the like? Do you want to have more engagement with your client base? Have you fallen short in your efforts to establish meaningful connections with like-minded people to develop profitable collaborations? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you're in the right place. PBN Style Podcast is the destination to learn from entrepreneurs just like you who have used their inner influencer to create circumstances for optimal success in their business. Whether it's a solo episode or an interview, Andrea is showcasing the value of personal brand development, tips, tools, and insight. With each episode, you'll find applicable examples of how a personal brand, where you're in tune with your likes, dislikes, and non-negotiables, is exactly what you need to build your success on a solid foundation and grow authentic connections. Where does all this begin, you ask? With your personal brand and personal style, of course, let's get started with today's episode. Well, hello, Ms. Lanice. how are you? Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you,
1: I'm doing good, just chilling.
0: <laughs> well, um, I wanna share with everyone who you are, give them a little background. Um, guys, Lanice is a copywriter and content strategist for ambitious female entrepreneurs with an emphasis in writing conversion copy without using scale tactics, scare, let me start that all over. <laughs> Laniece is a copywriter and content strategist for ambitious female entrepreneurs with an emphasis in writing conversion copy without using scare tactics and writing strategic content to attract more of their ideal customers. How important is that, guys? When she's not writing copy for her clients or helping them DIY it, she's spending time with her son and family or reading. Thank you again for being with us on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, likewise. All right, I want to dive right in, mainly because I'm being selfish right now with this moment because I got my own content needs, but I want to share with everybody how we met. Guys, I have talked about this before on the podcast and in my videos. It's really important for you to um, know who your audience is and what you want to do for them because it makes it easier to do all the behind the scenes things that you need to do for your business, i.e., reach out to people that you want to work with and develop brand partnerships and collaborations with people. And I did that. I was, I'm constantly on social media trying to find people that I want to interview because I feel like they've got great content to share. And I just feel like you guys need to hear it. And that's exactly what happened here. I was scrolling on Instagram and I was like, Oh, hold on. (laughs) Wait a minute. Let me see who this is that content life. I like the name. I like everything. And as I mentioned before, I'm in the process of needing some content. Here. So I was like, let me see what this chick is all about. And that's when I ran into you, Miss Lanice. So tell us, you gave us a brief little info on your bio, but tell us a little bit more. How, who is Lanice Lavelle and how does she become uh, the owner of that
1: content life? Yeah. So I actually, i I guess you could say like I'm a nat- I'm a natural writer like I've always been good at it and then a few years ago I ran across this site called Upwork and all of my copywriting friends are like cringing a little bit but that's where I started.
0: Nothing <laughs> um, wrong with that.
1: Yeah, I started writing um blog posts and then like I started getting requests for like copywriting and then from there it just kind of spiraled and I you know, I figured I figured I was good at it and I specialized in it and then I turned on um I decided to make it into a big girl business and turned it into my own thing and got off of Upwork. And here I am now.
0: I love that. big girl business.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That is so cute.
0: So I want to know a little bit about like the background. How did you become such a good writer? Where do you think that skill comes from?
1: Yeah. So the thing about, being a good writer is like writing online and for business specifically is a lot different from what you learned in school. Yeah, that's something I really had to learn to shift. Um, So a lot of that just came from practice and being willing to put myself out there and and make those mistakes and get that feedback from people. Um, You know, it was pretty rough in the beginning, you know, when you get your document back and they're like, oh, that's not what I wanted. But um, it was that feedback that helped me, and then just taking a bunch of courses, um, absorbing knowledge, that kind of stuff really, um, I think, helped me become the copywriter that I am today. So
0: awesome, yeah. And it's important for people to know too that you didn't wake up and you were like this really great content writer that can start a business. You had to hone that craft, and you had to like really work on it. You mentioned courses and things that you took to even get better. And mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to know, those of us listening, that it's okay to not be great at something, but to have a skill at it, like it's, you can be good at it, right? Like, you know, you have a talent for it, but you still should go out and get a little bit more uh, expertise in that area, get a little bit more experience, do a little bit more research to understand the direction you wanna take that craft. Like if as a content writer, you could have said, you know what, I like more long form writing. And so I'm just gonna stick with writing articles for people for magazines and newspapers, right? That's still content writing. Um, or you could have said like, you're doing like, okay, I can do blog posts. I can create, you know, social media stuff. So it's important to know where you fall in, but that requires you kind of really getting in, diving into it and spending some time with it, which it sounds like you did a really good job
1: doing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I want to know what is your specialty? Like we just talked about that. Like you could be Mm -hmm. a long form writer. You could be short term, like how, what
1: is the thing that you do best that you think you do best? Yeah, so I actually, this comes from, like, personal experience. I don't want to say I got ripped off, but um, I, like, a few years back, I ended up buying a course, like, because their coffee was just bomb.com. Um, but what I didn't realize was that I, after, after I had taken the course and realizing, like, I was not in the place to actually take that course, I realized I had kind of been guilt-tripped throughout that whole copy um, mm-hmm. to buy that course. Um, and at, like that feeling was not good. So then, like I really just dove into making sure that I learned how to write conversion copy um, without using like those scare ta- those scare tactics or those like guilt tripping kind of um, things. So that's what I say I specialize in for people who want to make that a priority. They don't want to have resentful customers in the end. So yeah.
0: That's good to know because um, what I'm sharing with people is the idea of having your personal brand so that you don't have to feel salesy you can have more mm-hmm. organic flow of conversion and your sales funnel can be more organic and the copy like you said doesn't have to be um, pressured you don't have to feel like someone um, sort of hoodwinked you into doing mm-hmm. it or you know made you feel bad if you if you don't do it you know guilting you into it. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that you're saying this and that you recognize that in, in people's classes and webinars and things, yeah. and they can be tricky. Um, you know, I don't, myself don't have that problem because sometimes <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, because you know, I'm the type of person that if I see a webinar and I'm like, Oh, okay, I'll do the whole webinar. And then I'll be like, okay, all right, I figured this out. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. gave me just enough to be dangerous. I can go figure <laughs> it out, you know, but then some people really need the course itself. Mm-hmm. And if they're guilted into it, like you said, or if they feel pressure into it, then it ends up, like you said, not being the right course for them. And it really doesn't give them what they, what they thought they were going to get or what they needed before they got to that step. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate the, you recognizing that sort of uh, hole, that little gap yeah, in, in the process and that you're trying to do things to fix it. So, when it comes to not sounding salesy or um, you know, not wanting to pressure people into purchasing your product. And I think this holds true for if it's a webinar masterclass or if it's just um, trying to get someone on your email list or mm-hmm. if it's just trying to get them to show up to an event or to show up to your Facebook Live that you're doing. Um, how important is it to be in tune with your why, like as the person putting on this event um when you're creating your content how does that affect the non-salesy guilty thing
1: yeah i think when you actually know like the reason behind um whatever it is that you're writing it comes off more authentic and then you don't have to like resort to those kind of tactics because um you know you're not like flailing in the wind and then googling how do i write coffee and you know like all kinds of stuff will pop up so um when you're just when you have like a kind of compass to write on it's it's a lot easier not to get off track and to stay authentic um and you know just really focus on like serving your audience so one thing i
0: found for myself i think um has been very helpful is understanding how i communicate period Mm -hmm. um because uh, when I was in school, and, and you may agree with this, but, and I'm so much older than you. But when I was in school, I would have a writing style, which is what I knew my teachers wanted you know, to make good grades, and your grammar is correct, and you're using your <laughs> prepositions correctly, and your adverts have their LYs on the end, and all that fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, girl, I don't have time. you know, And it's just all this <laughs> broken English. Um, and so I think we grow up thinking anything written has to be a, cert, a certain way, mm-hmm. because we are taught this, the right way to do it in school. And I think we still have to have, we still have to have that. But like, how important do you think it is for you to know your own communication style so you can balance the two? Because you still need to be, you know, use correct grammar and English and things like that. But if, authentically the communication you're trying to share needs to be more, you know, girlfriend, I don't have time, you know, if it needs a little bit more of that, how can you marry the two and still be credible, but not, you know, and balance the the perfect grammar versus authentic. This is really me talking and how I sound grammar.
1: Yeah. I think um, a good point about that is when you are using your, um, like your personality voice, your brand voice, it, it does come off more authentic. It relates more to the readers, um, and it just holds their attention more, right? Because when I'm scrolling online, my attention is fairly short. I don't want to read an essay, um, but if you're in, like, if I hear personality in your, in your writing, and if I hear, like, um, you know, jokes, and Um, you know, your interest in different things like that, then that's going to engage me. That's going to catch my attention. And it's going to make me feel like, because when you're too formal with your writing, you tend to put yourself on a pedestal, like um, and too far from your audience. So they feel like, whoa, like this is like, she's like way up there. I can't relate to her. I can't engage with her. And then they like drop off. So I would say um, it's it's really important. The first thing you want to do is make sure you have a personality, then go back in and edit. And then even so, you don't want to edit too much. Um, online space is great in the fact that you can actually break quite a lot of grammar rules and get away with it. So, um, you know, as long as it's not like crazy misspelling everywhere and,
0: right.
1: you know, like a question mark on like a statement. Kind of stuff. <laughs> right, right. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. or a paragraph long sentence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, other than that, there's like, you can get away with quite, quite a lot of broken rules, So so then in that regard you would have to
0: know your communication style mm-hmm. uh, and there are different communication styles you know and so i think we get wrapped up in how somebody else is doing it we i, I just you know yeah. every podcast interview i have we talk about this whole comparison game thing that people play and so we see someone else's content and the engagement they're getting maybe and so I think if we're not really identifying our own communication style, it's easy to try to mimic what we see someone else doing. And that's not good because that's another reason that you would come off um, inauthentic because mm-hmm. that you sound, you're trying to sound like someone else. Right. Would you agree?
1: I totally agree. Like if you're not like a Gary V, like don't use his kind of language kind of, right. <laughs> kind of thing. And then right. um, not only does it like, not only does it, prevent you from being authentic you end up attracting the wrong people and then like you're just you're all over the place and you're like this this isn't even my audience I can't serve them now they're upset because they thought they were getting something else that I can't provide them so um stick with what you know stick with who you are because it'll in the long run it'll actually save you a lot of a lot of stress
0: (laughs) It really will. You are absolutely You're absolutely right. right. I had to write that down because that's absolutely true. You will, you will, you can't attract the wrong person. If you are trying to sound like someone else, you'll attract their clients and their people and they won't be the right clients for you. I love that. That's very profound. Um, so what mistakes are you running into out there working with clients? What are some of the things um, that are common?
1: Yeah, so... Um Like, like, actually, what we were just talking about is a lot of people trying to mimic or copy the voice and their own, like, copy or content of big name people. So, like I said, like Gary Vee, Amy Porterfield, those kind of people, because they, they are great. Um, you know, they're great entrepreneurs and stuff, but that's, if that's not your personality, if that's not your brand voice. Um, and then you also have to keep in mind that they're, they have like all this experience in the background. So, yes. you know, there's a lot of working parts behind that. So that's one thing that I see a lot of people struggling with is just finding their brand voice, um, finding out who they are in the online space, and then having that come through in their copy and then in their content. Um, yeah. And the second thing that I see a lot of people doing is just not planning at all. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are living life on the edge, which I'm all for, but not when it comes to your content.
0: Right. So how can we be better planners? Give me some, a little bit more detailed in what you mean by not planning.
1: Yeah. So just because you're like writing blog posts or like you're putting out content doesn't necessarily mean it's content marketing. Um, a big part of content marketing is having like an end goal, having something that's measurable um, at the end. So even if it's just like, you're looking at like a monthly plan, like a monthly layout, and then you just have like these little um, like ideas like at the end of the week like it doesn't have to be like a full out script if you're the kind of person that's like fluid and likes to change but like at least have an idea (laughs) of what you want to write about or talk about and then that way if you're leading your audience through a funnel or through a journey it makes sense for them and it makes sense for your business too because like one example if you're like um i don't know if you're like a dog trainer and you're about to train people on how to do like make your dog stop barking but then, like for a few months before that, all you're talking about is like feeding your dog healthy treats and stuff. When you go to launch that course about like getting your dog to stop barking, they're going to be totally confused. Like, yes, where did that come from? So, so like, that's when you where
0: your editorial calendar and mm-hmm. your content calendar are going to come in?
1: Yeah, because it, you it's a journey for them, and you want to make sure you're not leading them like all over the place.
0: Yes, I love that. And that's so important because, like you said, if you're about to launch a product or a service or even if it's like building your email list and you're offering some sort of a, a download or a value add, like you said, if if you're gonna be training people one day, but the week before you're talking about you're like how to feed them right, that opt-in is not gonna it's not going to make sense because mm-hmm. there's not there's nothing back in it. So that makes sense. You do need to plan. You know, the other thing that I think people need to plan is like around the different holidays. I don't think people spend enough time thinking about what's coming up. So for the month of February, you know, Valentine's day is coming up. Is what you're doing relatable to the month of February? What's happening? It may not be Valentine's day, but maybe it's, you know, heart health or Mm -hmm. whatever else happens in February. I'm not sure, but you know, it's, it could be that. And, whatever you're offering can, because we're already in the mindset of this particular holiday, how can we connect our content to that because people are in that frame of mind already and it will resonate with what you're offering. So it's a, it's a higher chance that they will opt in or that they will read or that they will share or something like that because it's relative to that time frame. Do you think that's right?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And then you also get to take advantage of like those awesome you know, like, relevant, like, sales, like, Black Friday or something, like, mm-hmm. you, like, have something already planned, so, you know, to get whole, the holidays.
0: Right, because when you start thinking, like, so when you think about um, Black Friday, you've got A, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. then you got B, Black Friday, then you got C, Cyber Monday, then you got Small Business Saturday, mm-hmm. um, so all these things are right there together, so you can't wait until... Um, November 1st to start thinking about that because the campaign needs to be running back, you know, as far as September, October so that people know what's coming, you know? Yeah.
1: You miss out on opportunities.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So you really do need to have it sort of organized. So yeah, I can see how poor planning is definitely a common mistake that people are making. So when it comes to content writing, you mentioned a couple of things you mentioned, Like I mentioned long form writing and then Mm -hmm. you mentioned um, content marketing
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then content writing. So what are some misconceptions about this idea of content writing?
1: Yeah. So the reason why I think like copywriters and content writing and marketing really go hand in hand is because um, it's all done strategically. Um, There's like an end purpose to it. There's like a thought process behind it. Um, so the thing with content writing is like, you really want to make sure like you have your end goal. Um, like what is the purpose of this blog post? Like, cause you only have so much time. You only have so much energy and like, you know, like.
0: Just to energy. be writing, to be writing. Yeah.
1: Like just to say like, oh, I have, I need to put up a blog post this week, you know, like save that energy, um, come up with something valuable and come up with something that's going to actually push your business forward. Um, so like, Um, If you're planning a big launch, like having like these long form, like valuable checklist um, kind of thing or how to guides to kind of get them in that mind frame for that launch. Um, You know, just really planning, making sure um, that it makes sense for your business and that it's not just like random, random blog posts. And that goes to the whole point
0: of like, just being credible in your business anyway. So mm-hmm. if you want people to buy from you, isn't it, doesn't it stand a reason that your content should reflect the value that you are bring to the table so that if you think along those lines, whether you're launching a course, a book, if it's like I said, a, a, an email campaign, whatever the case may be, it's important for you to make, to remember what your value is so that it ref, it's reflected in the content you're writing. Yeah, I think that that connects everything, right? Like, okay, so my value is I help small businesses really tap into their business and um, increase their engagement and sales through the personal brand they develop. So okay, now everything that I create needs to fall in that bucket, Mm -hmm. which I've got segmented into various other buckets, but everything should fall into that bucket. So when someone's thinking about Okay, how do I do this? And how how is it that, you know, we can make this thing more consistent? Well, let's go see. Andrea's got a whole bunch of buckets that are talking about these different things and it's a value. And I know I'm gonna pull out something that's gonna make sense and it's gonna resonate with my situation. So it's important, right, to really mm-hmm. tap into know your value and then make the content you share valuable.
1: Yep, match it. <laughs> yeah. And then you can even start, and then that way you can measure it too. So you can see what's actually working and what's not working. Like my audience does not like this kind of content or they do. Um, exactly. Saving exactly. more time. But
0: well, then you got to be in tune with it, you know? I so, know. so it sounds like what you're, I mean, okay, this is too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that it's not just about writing the content. And it's not just about having valuable content, but it's also about measuring the results that content gets because just because you are adding value, you feel like you're adding value. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of this, you know, you feel like you're giving people what they need. It's valuable because you need this. I see you have this problem and I'm going to fix it with my content, Mm -hmm. but it's landing on deaf ears because that's not what they think they need. They don't find it value, valuable. So if you're not paying attention to the numbers to measure it, then you don't know that n- nobody's paying that any attention. Like nobody's clicking like and nobody's like making a comment. <laughs> but you thought you just put it down. You thought, oh, that's a great article. <laughs> nobody's listening to it. I am guilty as charged. I have done that. Um, and you're right. It's a matter of, it's not just being, it's not just being able to write and knowing that what you're writing is valuable, but it's also measuring whether or not other people find it valuable as well.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm guilty of it too. Like if you scroll back through my blog post, I have like this random one on social media and like automatically my audience is like, what the heck is this? Like- <laughs> We come to you for like blog writing, written content, and copywriting. Who is like, this? Who, who is taking over yeah. body? That's not her. This isn't working. So yeah, I
0: mentioned that because I have a friend who has a magazine, and we were having this conversation yesterday about she's a long form writer, mm-hmm. and when her article and her articles are very meaty and robust and you are gonna learn. You know how you read something and it's like you can read a little bit, but it's so much packed into that little bit that you kind of got to walk away from it and marinate on it for a little bit and like think on it. And then you come back and you go. So she's that type of a writer, right? So when mm-hmm. articles show up in her magazine, people love it. But well, she's got other writers on her team. So if for whatever reason one of her articles is not in the magazine, she gets comments about how the articles that are there are fluffy, even though they're <laughs> probably good mag- good mm-hmm. articles, but because they're, they want her robust value-add copy, anyone else's stuff is just kind of fluff. And so she's bringing this value to the table, and now her audience is telling her how valuable that is because they make comments when it's not there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll
0: let you know. <laughs> they will let you know. Yes. <laughs> wow. So, okay, so I, I'm asking this question of everyone this starting this fall, these interviews that I'm doing, because I kind of want to know the opinions um, of my guests, because this whole podcast is about personal branding and authentic marketing, um, even though <laughs> I don't know that that's really landing on people like I wanted to. So we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> What I want to know is what do you, how would you define personal branding and authentic marketing?
1: Yeah. So I would say chicken or egg first. Um, If you have like authentic marketing, uh, your personality is kind of already going to like shine through that, right? Um, Um, Because you're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to um, hide who you are to, you know, put on like this entrepreneurial um, kind of mask and stuff like that. Like, you're, you're authentically going to shine through. So that's where that authenticity comes from. And then just seeing, staying consistent with it um, and staying consistent with your value and your message, that's where the personal branding is going to start to yes, fall in place. Yes, I love that. So um, that's how I would define it. And, I, love you it. Know, I love
0: it. Was nice. I love it. It's great. I love it. So on a scale of 1 to 10, um, 10 being extremely... High. like how important um how important is it to be transparent and vulnerable with your content writing
1: so i'm going i'm gonna go against the grain. i'm gonna say an eight okay and, yeah so the reason i'm gonna say an eight is because it depends on it depends on your audience like not all not all pieces of your story even though they they might be powerful they might be like a big part of you, it's just not going to resonate to your, to your audience. Um, So like, for me, like one of my powerful stories is like, I'm a single mom, you know, that journey. And that's a powerful part of my personal life, but it's not necessarily relevant to my business. Um, So, you know, I might have a snippet here and there about it, but like people, that's not going to be like the forefront of my content and my message because, you know, they, Not to say they don't care, but it's just not relevant.
0: (laughs) That's an important point to make because Mm -hmm. one of the things that um, I find is when it comes to helping people with um, increasing their engagement and stuff on social media, I say, you know, you have to represent, you have to determine what your, what this pain point is of your audience. How do you relate to that pain point? And then whatever solution you came up with to fix it for yourself, how can you take people on this journey so that they can discover their own solution. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean, like you said, you know, if if, if this point over here does not matter and is not relevant to this pain point your audience has, you probably don't need to mention it, you yes. know? Because that one thing, even though it was instrumental in you, it was a little bit more specific to you, it's not necessary, it could turn people off. So you could actually mm-hmm. lose people when you are not staying relevant Mm -hmm. and i love i wrote this down because i love it it says i put powerful doesn't mean relevant just because the story you have is a powerful one doesn't mean it's relevant to your audience and needs to be spoken in your content i love that
1: yeah it's hard to swallow too especially if it's like a personal a really personal one Mm -hmm.
0: and if it was a profound moment in your journey Mm -hmm. you might want to share it but it doesn't mean it's like a universal thing. Like we yeah. all go through certain <laughs> things, like you know, in our life that kind of are universal to the story and relevant to the person that we consider our audience. But the way you figure some stuff out doesn't necessarily need to be spoken out loud. Yeah, it's
1: something okay you know? to
0: <laughs> keep <stuff> to yourself. <laughs> and sometimes. And sometimes it's 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 sort of paraphrasing it, right? Like mm-hmm. if you did some destructive things, maybe don't talk about the destructive things specifically. Yeah. But you can say, you know, in generally this was a struggle. Yeah. And I was and I use this to kind of make sure I was got back on the right track, but you don't have to tell everybody you were alcoholic and you abuse drugs, you know, to right? Get, you know?
1: They, they don't need to know about trips that's how I got my years.
0: Anxiety. I, I was <laughs> alcoholic and I abused drugs, and now I'm fine. No, you don't need to share that part,
1: yeah. Like, if, if it's not relevant, it's okay. If they don't really need to, we don't need yeah. to know.
0: We don't need to know. <laughs> that's so funny.
1: Okay, so
0: what are some steps we can take right now? in our business, to create better content for our business? Oh, wait, I don't want you to answer that question. Okay. I'll edit that out, okay. (laughs) That's the the question I want on video, okay. So, um, all right, I'll go to this one. I believe that your 30-second pitch is very important content that should be formed with care. Are there any tips you can give to help us formulate one that is clear, consistent, and authentic?
1: Yeah, so I would say the 30-second pitch too is like really important because like when it comes to like your bios and stuff like that, like you want to leverage that stuff copy-wise. So I would say like the first thing you need to do is have like a clear idea of your audience. Um, uh, and then like the next thing is like having a very, very clear idea about how you help them, right? So like I'm very clear um, that I help with copy. Um, I help with like content strategy, but like when it comes to like social media content and stuff like that, that's not really like I could, but that's not where I focus. So like that doesn't go into my bio. So those are my two tips for your audience, what you do.
0: (laughs) Awesome.
1: I love it. So how important is it for you
0: to understand? We sort of talked about, we talked about your communication style, Mm -hmm. but I also think it's important to couple that with your writing style. So again, it goes back to not wanting to compare yourself to other people. But I um, have done some extensive research on um, personality types, um, motivation, like what motivates different types of people, um, what communication style looks like for different people. But I think the writing styles are also very important because when you get into writing content and copy for, say for instance, a course that you're creating or some sort of a, a sales funnel that you're writing and you need to convert people um, you have to determine your own writing style because that needs to convert as well or if you know that I'm more of a persuasive writer by nature mm-hmm. um, but what you really need is more of a an educational type writing style um, how important is it do you think or you know for us to understand that
1: um, I think it super important to just understand like those differences and in that intricacy in it. Did I say that word right? But, <laughs> yeah. um, but if you want to like figure out like what your writing tone is and still keep it like conversational, the best tip I can give somebody is to look at your um, Facebook messages or look at your text messages between like your friends, um, your family members, um, and just take note of like how you're writing in there. Um, you know, like what kind of, what is your personality like come out from there? I like that nice.
0: because you're right. You're most comfortable in those areas, and so whatever that looks like is probably the organic, the authentic version of mm-hmm. your typical writing style. And then you can tell too the way people ask questions. Like you know, if it's a personal, like your like you said your Facebook page, or when you're texting people, um, you'll see the types of questions people are asking, how you're answering them. Is it more of like, "Girl, well, you should just do this," and da 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 da. That's a little bit more persuasive versus okay, well, here's what I found. I found that this happens, this happens, and this happens. then you know, okay, well, you're more educational and you kind of want to like give more clarity yeah. on things um and so you're right, I love that. that's great advice because you I would never have thought to do that, <laughs> okay, so I mentioned this a few minutes ago. I talk a lot about personal um brand messaging and brand legacy, and I define these as um, it. So your brand messaging, I define as your underlying message for your brand. And then the brand legacy I define as the impression that you want to have, you want others to have of your brand after you're no longer in their presence. Like, so that after effect, that legacy. So what value do you put on one's content creation as it relates to these two definitions?
1: Yeah, I would, um, going back to like value, like when people go back and like, look at your blog post, like, are they like, I'm like, oh, that's not very helpful. Or are they, are they still just as, um, do they still have just as much value like now as they did back then kind of thing. So um, evergreen content, I would say, but even if it's not evergreen content, like suppose you wrote something about Instagram, like, you know, two years ago, Instagram's completely different, but it still has like, you can still tell that it has like that intention to be of service and be a right. value and stuff like that. Like they know that wasn't a fluff kind of post. So. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's good. I love it. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, is there anything you've got coming up that you want to share with everyone?
1: Um, just right now, in my Facebook groups, I do live trainings every Friday. Um, oh. So yeah, if you want to learn some more about copy or content marketing, I'm in my Facebook group doing that no pitch kind of live training. Nice.
0: Well, how do you get your clients? What types of clients are you looking for right now?
1: Um, You (laughs) look at (laughs) me. I am Um, right now. I work with a lot of um, business coaches and a lot of course creators, um, female entrepreneurs, um, obviously. So if that is you and you're like, you just need help with getting your copy on point, that's that's what I do.
0: Nice. All right, guys, I'll be calling Lenise. I don't know about you, but I've got all those things going on right now over here at Andrea Patrick Consulting. So um, when you see my new course come out, Lenise may have had something to do with that. And I will definitely make sure she gets credit. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I feel like we've learned a lot about content writing and its importance and value in our business and I think that you've offered a lot of tips that we can really chew on and do a better job. So I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm happy it was
0: (laughs) helpful. Yes, ma'am, it was. All right, guys, (laughs) if you enjoyed this podcast, please do us a solid head over to iTunes if you're not already there, or Spotify if you're not already there, and leave us a review, we wanna hear from you. And we also have a question how are you creating your content do you know what type of a content writer you are let us know in the comments below and as always you can head over to andreapatrick.com for this particular podcast interview and hear all the see all the notes learn more about that content life and how you can connect with Lanise to create more and better content for your business So until next time, thank you again for joining me here on PB in Style. And remember, this is the podcast for clarity, consistency, and authenticity, honey. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of PB in Style. Clarity, consistency, and authenticity will ensure a solid foundation for your business and the ability to create authentic connections. Remember, all of this episode's show notes are available on my website, andreapatrick.com forward slash podcast. After you leave your review and subscribe to Stay in the Loop, head over to Instagram and connect with me there, at AFPatrick. I share behind-the-scenes images, special announcements, and some good old family fun. For more interaction, my Facebook group is the ticket. The BTB Boss Talk is a weekly conversation between bosses where we discuss all things boss. Have a question? Want to share a thought? That's the place to do it. Thanks again for listening. Join me next week for another episode of PB and Style.